Welcome into Prep Sports Tonight right here on FM 99.1, the sports animal with you until Vol Calls takes over at 8 o'clock. They'll be at Calhoun's on the River as they are each week, and uh, they'll have a lot to talk about, no doubt. We do as well. Jesse Smithy, halfway through the high school football season already. Hard to believe, is it not? It is. It is. It's very HTB. So we on Five Star Preps decided to hand out some awards on Monday. We gave out our offensive MVP, defensive MVP, our best single game performance, our best coaching performance, assistant coaching, on down the line, newcomers, best game atmosphere, best game. It was fun to to take a look back over five weeks, and we had so much happened just in that little small time frame, and it really foreshadows a, a great second half of the season to come. How have you done with your preseason projections? I whiffed on a couple. Okay, I think I, w- I went back and looked at that. Actually, I was going to give ourselves a poor award for you know some of our bad preseason choices. I would say so far my biggest miss would be Farragut. I had them number six, and there's still a lot of time for them to have a great season. It's not like they're winless. They're two and two, and they play Maryville on Friday night. So even if they do lose and go to two and three, they can still salvage their season, be one of the better 6A teams in that bracket and have a good year. But right now, they're uh, they're struggling a little bit. Be honest, as we uh, welcome our guest on to Prep Sports tonight, did you have Halls 5-0? and I did not have Halls 5-0, and but we saw them in a preseason scrimmage against Bearden, and they played really, really well. And so we put them on the cusp of our top 15 as a team that, hey, we're going to monitor Halls and some of these other ones just for a few weeks and see what happens and as we bring on scott cummings a lot has happened they're five and zero going into the battle of emory road and scott first off thanks so much for joining us and what are you looking forward to most in your first ever battle of emory road against powell well let me tell you something right now oh jesse smithy <laughs> my man my man jesse smithy i don't think if I, was it the first game you, you picked us as, as the dog? Uh, I think it was the second <laughs> game against, against Carnes, maybe. Was, you know, I think it might have been. Second or third game. I think it might have been. Yeah, I think it might have been. And, uh, you know, I appreciate that, though. Every now and then you need a little motivation. That's right. I'm just looking out yeah. for your best interest. And I really appreciate that, too. And uh, I, think, I think we might have won 45 to nothing, but I'm not sure. But uh, just wanted to prove you wrong, my friend. Well, but, I was oh, wrong indeed, yep. Yeah. It happens. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, I, you know, I, I didn't know what to expect either. You know, honestly, um, you know, we're trying to learn how to play this game. And uh, we're trying to learn how to be a little bit more physical and a little tougher and the way Halls has to win football games. And, but, but to answer your question about this week, you know, I, I you know, I've never, I've never uh, coached in the Battle of Emory Road, uh, all I know is is that we're playing a, a, a really good pal team uh, that's accumulated a whole lot of talent as of late. And, uh, you know, I, they got athletes that we're going to, you know, have be very much challenged to uh, to be able to match. But when you were at West, I, I guess Beard would be the, the rival there, right? Yeah, no, we didn't really have like kind a... Of where, where, yeah, where West sits, you know, you had, you know, you had Beard and... Of course, they have Farragut, too. We had Farragut, too. We had Fulton that we played non-conference a lot. We felt like it was kind of a rival deal. and You know, then we had our battles in my early years there with Central, too. Um, but when you went to Cleveland, so, would you say Powell and Halls is maybe akin to Cleveland? Would be would it be Bradley Central, maybe? Yeah. <laughs> 
in terms we'll, of we'll have, heated rivalries? We'll, we'll have we'll, we'll we will have to see. Uh, you know, I, I hope not. Uh, just to be <laughs> frank about it, uh, that was um, you know at least I feel like you know this week has been pretty clean. You know, we haven't had knock on wood, we haven't had any craziness. You know, this week and uh, it's hard to compare when you know. Down there, like literally, I've had kids literally camp out in the outside the Raider statue at Cleveland, so Bradley didn't come paint it. Or the Cleveland kids would get on Bradley's uh, school roof and paint their their uh, bear, you know, Raider blue. And I mean, it, it, it was pretty nasty to be frank about it. And uh, you know, I hope that this thing never gets to the point of not being fun you know and not being clean and uh but i definitely feel definitely feel the rivalry that's for sure just uh but i think it's in a much healthier way we're talking to scott cummings head coach there at halls getting ready for a big matchup against pal this week so halfway through the season what how, how have you seen your team develop what have you learned about them what do you think they've learned about you and your coaching staff and what you've asked of them well, you know, our schedule set up, uh, you know, to where we could really go through some growing pains a little bit. And, um, you know, I think we all recognize and we all know that. And, uh, you know, and we we have gone through a lot of those growing pains in practice. And, uh, you know, we, we've had our struggles. You know, we're, we're, we struggle to tackle on defense sometimes. And, you know, and on offense, we've struggled to get off the ball the way that I would like to see us get off the ball and we've you know so it's been really each week we've we've really offense has played pretty good one week and you know carried the defense a little bit and then another week the defense has played well and kind of had to help the offense get out of some bad situations with some turnovers or what have you which is just that's football we all know that it's a complimentary sport and um, you hope that those things can occur uh, but we're really trying to, you know, looking forward to the day that we put together our best game, which I do not think we've done so far. We've we've not really played great offense and great defense at the same time, and, uh, you know, Lord knows we'll have to do that this week to, to have a chance. Scott, I mentioned the, the Bearden scrimmage. I, I guess you want to call it a game. You guys try to set it up as closely to a real game as possible and the starters played a half and you guys air quotes won right there in the kind of final minutes of the game did the belief start to kind of materialize at that point or did it even happen before you know i think it's uh i think that helped uh just from an energy standpoint you know we had we had really not scrimmaged well um you know we, we scrimmaged hard in valley and really just kind of laid an egg to be frank about it we didn't play hard we didn't tackle well we didn't run the ball well a lot and we we kind of did weren't feeling great about ourselves and um uh you know in the beard and scrimmage you know we were able to have success offensively um uh the bad part is is Bearden had a whole lot of success offensively <laughs> as well uh you know and then we you know we said the heck with it instead of tying it there at the end of the half we went for two and got it and it was just fun for the kids to know that if they compete you know that they've got a chance and i think that did help a lot um 
you know, we've got to continue to grow as a football team and as individuals to really take ownership of the mistakes we're making and, and take ownership of getting outside of our comfort level a little bit with our physicality. And, and we got some guys that, that really need to step it up in that area. And if they do, by the end of the year, I think we can be a group that really nobody really wants to see in the playoffs. And then if we don't, then we'll continue to struggle in some spots. During that preseason scrimmage against Beard, and that was our first opportunity to see Jake Paris, a guy who had played wide receiver a year ago under the former staff, and here he is in the backfield ripping off 40, 50-yard runs, and that has continued into the regular season. From a coaching standpoint, is it fun to take a guy like a Jake Paris who didn't come up through a feeder system in the Veer offense that you run and just mold him into what you need him to be? Gosh, first of all, let me just say, Jake Paris, that is an old-school but talented just football player. I mean, there's no way around it. Luckily, the guy has speed, athleticism, vision, hands. Uh, that helps. You know, he'll, yeah, he'll come up on defense and tackle. Uh, he has a great knack for the for the ball, as we saw last week when he intercepts the ball and, and you know, breaks a lot of angles and takes it to the house for a score, which it turns out was huge. And um, he's just a football player. And, and, you know, it it was a very easy decision for him to, to kind of be a featured back for us because he's one of the guys that we have that, that can actually make me look good as a play caller when I call a bad play and also, you know, take some of those plays that might be five, six-yard gains, you know, and the next thing you know, Jake is turn on the Jets and, and uh, you know, taking it to the house. And, uh, you know, I tell our kids all the time, like, do we all know that a – we all know a four-yard play is a good football play, but if I call the play, it's meant to score because <laughs> I've got the pin, you know. And if we read one defender, then – that's a, that leaves 10 left, and we got a quarterback and a running back. Running back's responsible for making one miss, so that leaves nine. And then we got nine blockers, so we should score. And so, you know, I, well, I just kind of try to take that approach. Mm-hmm. Well, Jake is a guy that can that can kind of make me right and and, uh, and and take it to the house at any minute. We're talking to Hall's coach, Scott Cummings. Uh, how differently does 2019 Scott Cummings coach versus, let's say, 2009 Scott Cummings? Oh, that's a great question. Um, you know, I, you know, the fun thing for me being back at, at Hall at, in Knoxville and then at Halls is, you know, to be frank about it, I kind of lost a little bit of the, the passion, uh, my last four seasons and, and there's variables to that, but I kind of, you know, it's just been really nice regardless of whether we win or we lose, it's been really great for me to get back to being who I've always been, which is a very passionate on the field practice coach, you know, a passionate guy on the field. And we can really get after our kids at halls because they're just, you know, we got good kids and they're, they're blue collar kids and man, we can get after them and they don't buck up to you. They just try to get better. And that's been a, that's been really good for me as a coach and as a person to be able to get back to coaching that way. Scott, is there one thing that 
you guys are stressing as a coaching staff this week to, to try to knock off Powell? Is it just third down conversions and, and, and creating some of those 10, 11, 12 play drives to eat up a lot of clock and keep their offense off the field? Yeah, you know, it's part of it. Um, we've got to take our shots when we can. You know, that's just who we are. We're not going to change, you know, really who we are. Um, you start trying to change who you are a little bit, you know, you end up being nobody. And uh, so, you know, we're going to stay within the framework of who we are. And uh, The bottom line is, you know, our guys have got to tackle. You know, they've got to tackle their athletes at times in space that we're uncomfortable with. Um, and we've got to narrow that space. You know, we can't, you know, just let them catch a hitch there and let, you know, an athlete make a guy miss, and now he's turned a five-yard gain into a 20-yard gain or a touchdown. And, um, you know, at some point, our, you know, got players have to make plays. And, and, you know, but at the same time as coaches, uh, we kind of know what we're up against. And, um you know, there's no doubt they are they are a two-headed monster on offense because they can run the ball and they can throw the ball. Uh, we've been playing teams that are kind of one-handed, you know, run. Um, and so now, you know, we're we're going to have to we, we've we've got to had to work really hard at trying to find ways to narrow that gap, narrow those the space that their athletes have to run in without losing our identity. Um, you know, and there's a fine line there. Because uh, you want kids to be able to play hard and go hard, but at the same time, um, you know, stay within certain frameworks. Uh, because you know we are up against some really good athletes, and and uh, you know we've we've definitely got our work cut out for us. And offensively, we we just got to be who we are too. And we we have some tendencies right now that we definitely got to steer away from that we know our tendencies. Um, so we're trying this week to counterbalance those. Hall's coach Scott Cummings. Uh, coach, good luck as you get ready for Powell. We really appreciate the time tonight and uh, never let Jesse off the hook whenever he makes a bad pick, okay? <laughs> let uh, me promise you something. He will never get off the hook. There you go. He's my boy and all, but he's going to hear about it. <laughs> that, that's how we want it. Scott, thanks, yeah, thanks so much. Right, thanks, we really coach. appreciate it. Scott Cummings, uh, really good coach there at Hall's. Yeah, and it's good to see him happy again and the passion back because I, I really understand what he was talking about when he left Knox County to go coach down at Cleveland. You could sense it just wasn't the same Scott Cummings, and you've seen him rejuvenated, and you can see that passion trickling into the locker room and, and having an effect at Hall's. It's like you when you started up 5starpreps.com. I know, right? Yeah. So the, the fire was back. Yeah, got back on Prep Sports tonight. Just, it's, it's what just else could you ask for? Just took hold ever since. There it is. We'll carry things over into the next segment of Prep Sports tonight before we get ready for fall calls at 8 o'clock, 15 minutes until then. With Jesse Smithy, 5starpreps.com. I'm Josh Ward. You're listening to FM 99.1, the sports animal. The voices in our head may not be real, but they're loud and have some good ideas. This is 99.1, the sports animal. Back on Prep Sports tonight, we appreciate you being with us here as uh, we look ahead to another week of the high school football season halfway through. If you check out 5starpreps.com, you can see the midseason football awards. Uh, don't want to give them all away, but is there anything that stood out as you were analyzing the first half of the season and, and put together those uh, midseason accolades? I will say offensive MVP, Elijah Young at South Doyle, and then defensive MVP, 
uh, Tyrese Edwards at West. Right. Those are two SEC guys. So probably not going to surprise anybody there with those awards. But Elijah's just had a Mr. Football type of start to his season. Now, there's some big games coming up for him. And if South Doyle happens to lose those, it doesn't matter if he's putting up production or not. You have to have the numbers. You have to have... The, the team record as well to win a Mr. Football. But right now he's on track. 20 total touchdowns, uh, over 800 yards rushing, and just a, a fantastic start to the season. South Doyle has uh, Carter and Seymour coming up. Should be winnable games. Um, Nick Martin, I think, took a big step forward. Their sophomore quarterback who's taken over for Mason Brang. And we had an update on the site this week about Mason Brang in our 4A through 6A report. And his, re- his recovery time, I think, is going to take a little longer than we initially expected. I think... Our early on, we expected him to maybe be back around week 10 or 11 of the regular season. They're going to be hopeful to get him back in time for the playoffs. And is that going to be really enough time for him to have reps under his belt and to feel comfortable out there? It might still be Nick Martin's team by that point, depending on what he does uh, the rest of the way. But these next two games, again, are very important for Nick Martin to keep getting better and to take command of the offense and show himself to be a leader because he's got great players around him. Uh, Catholic, what, what do you make of last week and where the Irish are moving forward? They're in trouble. You know, they they need a district win in a bad way. And Science Hill comes to town. That's not a district game or region game, so to speak. But it's an opportunity for Catholic to try to fix what's wrong with the offense. They're just not producing enough offensively with the pass game. Jack Jancic only has one passing touchdown this year. Caden Martin came into the game late last week and threw a touchdown pass. Are we going to see more of him? I don't know, but something needs to be done to ignite that passing attack because guys like Keandre Jarman, like Tommy Winton, just aren't producing the, like the numbers that they normally do. Now, granted, they're playing tougher teams in Division Two, but they just took it on the chin pretty bad against a Macaulay team that ran for over 400 yards against a, against a good Catholic team. You mentioned at the beginning of the show, uh, Farragut's a team that has not lived up to what your preseason expectations were, and probably a lot of people. Uh, so, kind of a tough start. They get Maryville here, but what, what do you see with the Admirals as uh, Maryville? And then, uh, we talked about him earlier, but latest with T. Hodge on yeah. the Rebel side. Well, with Farragut, they, that, that loss to Oak Ridge really set them back. And that was a game that they were supposed to win. So they're sitting here at the midpoint of the season at 2-2 two and two with Maryville coming to town on Friday. So, if probabilities play out they're likely going to be two and two and three and so they're going to need to put together some type of plan for the second half of the season to go ahead and still secure a very good seed for the playoffs matt white the running back is is injured he's got a shoulder injury so now it's a running back type of committee deal their quarterback gavin wilkinson going into last week only had one touchdown pass that's not normal for him he's one of the best quarterbacks in east tennessee so there are a few question marks kind of hanging over the farragut program uh, that weren't there in the preseason. And that happens with football. You know, it doesn't always go as planned. And and as for Maryville with T. Hodge, uh, the, the turf toe injury that kind of kept him out of that Alcoa game, we're still kind of monitoring that, and we'll see how effective he can be the next few weeks. And sometimes when you have a program like Maryville and, and you're, you have so much depth at wide receiver, you got a senior experienced quarterback, you got Parker McGill at, at running back position, Maybe you can let T sit for an extra week or two. It's not so necessary to rush him back into the lineup. You got to think long haul, and that's what Maryville does. They want to protect for their postseason run. So if you don't see that much T Hodge over the next couple of weeks, I'm sure it's like likely precautionary because I, I mean, from what we've been told, the the turf toe injury just isn't as severe as it was a year ago. 
West is a team that uh, sits in a really good position, number three in your rankings, mm-hmm. uh, getting ready for Hardin Valley this week. Just really like what they're able to do. To, to go on the road at Oak Ridge, a really tough environment to play, one where you haven't won historically ever, and to go there without your best offensive player and still win 24-7 to speaks to the depth and the talent and the confidence that this West football team has right now. They've beaten 6A teams. They've beaten storied 5A programs. It just doesn't matter right now to the, to the West Rebels who are just increasingly getting more confident as the weeks go on and the wins continue to come. Much like South Doyle and much like Powell and Central, they have very difficult games coming up in the second half of the season. So the the waters are still kind of murky and, and unclear in 5A as to who the best team is in 5A. Right now, you got West and Powell up there that are probably playing a little bit better than your Centrals and South Doyles, but it can all change in a matter of weeks. You might say credit to West even without Isaiah Mattress. They didn't lay down. They did not. They uh, they did not go. They did not sleep. They stay woke. Yeah, as Isaiah, the kids we, say. They. <laughs> I apologize. I do. It's too easy. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Alcoa, uh, what do you think? Getting ready for Tyner? Uh, another game that they should win. I mean, they got their bounce back victory over Pigeon Forge last week. They should knock off Tyner here pretty easily on Friday night. And again, it's just making sure that by the time they get to week 10 or week 11, the pass game and the run game are complementary. They're, they're both powerful again because they got some, a few things exposed in, in that Maryville game that sometimes that's a good deal. Sometimes, I mean, they've lost that Maryville game a lot over the last 15 years, and they always use that opportunity to learn about themselves and go on and win a state championship. I think Greenville's hit a pretty good uh, spot here in the midway point. I do. Uh, they had a nice win, and and their their quarterback situation still a little bit in flux. Blaine Ferguson has come in, who nobody really predicted to be the starter, and he's played well. And then he got injured a little bit last week, and Drew Gregg, the transfer from Catholic, came in and led them to a victory. Ran the ball well, threw the ball well, and so we just don't know what that offense is going to look like in Week 7, Week 8. Will they stick with two quarterbacks? Will they go with one? Still some um, some answers to be had. Some uh, programs that probably feel good about where things are right now. CAK, 5-0 and inside Absolutely. your top 15, and then the next spot out, uh, Grace Christian. Yeah, Rusty Bradley got a big win uh, yeah. last week over Notre Dame, and we'll see what they can parlay that into. Yeah, uh, Loudon 5-0, and continuing to win. Gottenberg-Pittman. Uh, I mean, there's a lot of teams yeah. right here at the midpoint season that, that look really, really good. 5starpreps.com has you covered. Jesse Smithy, you can follow him on Twitter as well, at 5starpreps. As week six, it is hard to believe that it's here, but we move into the second half of the season. We move into vol calls next on The Sports Animal.